what makes me happy doesn't always make God happy. What makes me happy doesn't always make God happy. I'm trying to find a new way to say the same thing you've heard me say over and over every week. So I'll say it that way. What makes me happy doesn't always make God happy. We've been learning in this series, More Than Happy, that there's more to life than happiness. You see, what God wants to do in you and through you is more important than what you want God to do for you. If you've heard this every week, you might be checking out, but there might be somebody in here new today, and this is a revelation to you. What God wants to do in you and through you is more important than what you want God to do for you. We've been looking at the different Beatitudes over the last few weeks in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Jesus has this long Sermon on the Mount where he explains all these awesome things uh, that are part of who God's kingdom is. We may not always think they're awesome, but Jesus looks at them as awesome. And, and so anyway, in the first part of that Sermon on the Mount, he lays out these Beatitudes um, because he knows that a lot of us, we don't have a be attitude, we have a me attitude. We want to be happy, we want things to go a certain way, and when things don't go our way, we're unhappy. There might be some of us in here today, you're not happy. You're not happy because we ran out of donuts in the lobby, or the donuts are stale, or the coffee is cold, or you may not be happy because you didn't get the parking spot you wanted, or you may not be happy because things aren't good between you and your husband, or you're in the middle of a fight right now with somebody at work, or maybe you've got all those things going on, and because you're not happy, and things aren't the way you want them to be, as a result of that, maybe if you feel like life isn't working for you. But can I tell you today that God is less concerned about those situations I described and more concerned about how you handle those situations I just described. God is less concerned about the storm and more concerned about how we handle the storm. Jesus lays out several different things over the last few weeks. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Adam spoke on blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Today, blessed are the peacemakers. And we'll finish this series on Good Friday. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. But Jesus is laying all these things out today because our human nature is not to do these things. Our human nature, pretty much if you were to have your Bibles open or that app and you were to look at this scripture passage and you were to look at all these things that Jesus is talking about, I would pretty much do the opposite of all these things in my nature. Poor in spirit, nope, I'd be proud. Mourn, I would laugh. Meek, I would say what I shouldn't say. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, no, I'd hunger and thirst for ambition. Merciful, no, I'd, I'd give, they need what, what's coming to them. Pure in heart, I don't know. Peacemakers, no, I make war. Persecuted because of righteousness, no, I'm persecuted when I don't get what I want. I mean, that's our nature to do the opposite. Jesus understands this. That's why he gets the disciples together, because this ain't a 2017 thing. This isn't a right before Jesus came to earth thing. This is a humanity thing. We don't do what we're supposed to because of sin. And so Jesus lays out for them what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. I remember asking somebody one time, what's wrong with my golf swing? He said, you want to know the truth? Yeah, everything. 
Okay. The truth hurts. Oh, man. Jesus is kind of saying that in this Sermon on the Mount. And we pick up today in Beatitude number 7. Let's read it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children. Jesus describes his children. People say all the time, you know, Noah looks just like you. Many of you have people in your life, grandkids or kids, or people you know that looks, you know, maybe your son looks like your brother, or maybe your daughter looks like your sister, or maybe your daughter looks like you, or maybe your mother looks like, you know what I'm saying? We resemble each other. Jesus says one of the marks that identify us as a child of God, I mean, just going off what's on the screen, is someone who makes peace, peacemakers. I share that with us today because oftentimes the world thinks peacemakers are weak. The church thinks peacemakers are meek. But Jesus said the peacemakers are those who seek, who seek after Jesus. And here's why I say that. Because you hear people outside the church and inside the church say this right here. Let's read it. I'm not That's my husband's job. That's my wife's job. That's little Sally, our kid. She's the only one. She's so gentle. She's the one that makes peace. My boss is the one who's supposed to make peace. Right? Uh, That baby, just being around that baby makes peace. Can I tell you something today? Being a peacemaker is not a personality thing. Being a peacemaker is not a personality thing. It's a spirit of God thing. See, I want to share with you today that when, we, when we're celebrating it on Sunday and remembering what he did on Friday, when Jesus came and he came into the world, he died so that we could be peacemakers. He died so we could be merciful. He died so we could be mourners. He died so we could be poor in the spirit. He died so we could be pure in heart. He died so that we could be persecuted for righteousness sake. He died. He was crucified. So when we say I'm not a peacemaker, it's not false. It's not true. It's incomplete. I'm not a peacemaker, but the Spirit of God in me is. I'm not a peacemaker without God. But when I invite His Spirit into my life, if I were to ask you, do you have a relationship with God, and you were to say, no, you're kind of off the hook. But if I were to ask you, are you a follower of Christ, and you were to say yes, then that means you've invited Jesus into your heart. You've invited his spirit into your heart. You've invited his nature into into your heart. And what you need to understand is the sinful nature that you're born with and the spirit nature that you invited in, they don't work together. So when we say that I'm not a peacemaker, it's a personality thing, it's not a personality thing. It is a spirit of God thing. And I want to share with you today what that means. The spirit nature is at war with the sinful nature. But listen to what the spirit nature produces. Jesus said, if you love me, you will produce obedience. If you love me, you will obey my. If you love me, you will obey my. So if you love me, you will produce something. Have you ever had somebody tell you they love you and you're like, you don't need to tell me. I'm tired of hearing that. You need to show me. Don't elbow anybody. Your kid says to you, I'm sorry, daddy. You don't need to say you're sorry. You need to stop hitting your sister. You need to stop hitting your brother. You need to stop talking like that. 
I've had people say this to me over the years, and I've said it to people. You know, I'm kind of tired of hearing your words. Words don't mean anything. I want to see that you mean what you say. Right? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll produce obedience. What is obedience? What does the Spirit look like? Love, joy, let's read the yellow word, peace, peace. You will produce peace. Sounds like from a movie. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law. There's no law for these things. There's no rules against being peaceful. There's no rules for being patient. You can do it all you want. It's like veggies on a diet. Eat as much broccoli as you want. Problem is, I don't like to eat broccoli. <laughs> Wish they'd say that about fried foods. You just have all the fried foods and Sonic cheeseburgers you want, right? Love, joy, peace. It produces all these things. That's what the Spirit produces in the life of the believer. But at the same time, I was reading the smart books. They're called commentaries. And Matthew Henry says... If blessed are the peacemakers, then woe to the peace breakers. Let's say that together. If, if the peacemakers are blessed, woe to the peace Do you break peace? If the peacemakers are blessed, Matthew Henry says, then woe to the peace breakers. We're going to talk about the occasions where we should break peace. But the truth of the matter is today that all of us are called to be makers of peace in three ways, okay? The first way is to make peace with God. You see, Jesus was crucified so that we could make peace with God, not the sinful nature. The sinful nature says sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's, that's not peace with God. That's sinful nature stuff. And when we produce these things, let's read those yellow words. Sinful nature, hatred, discord, dissensions, factions. That is not the spirit of the God. If you're involved in that, or you see people around you involved in that, that's following the sinful nature. I don't mean that judgmentally. That's, I'm just going off of what it says. It's sinful nature. And Paul says we're to be controlled not by the sinful nature, but the spirit nature. And then he says if we're controlled by the sinful nature, and again, I'm not being judgmental. This is what Paul says at the end of his letter to Galatia. I'm not being judgmental. This is what Paul says at the end of his letter. Just telling you what it says. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live according to that sinful nature, you got it back up on the screen? Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not fun to say that, but that's what it, that's what it says. So how do we do this? How do we stay peaceful? How do we live a peaceful life? How do we live according to the Spirit? We need to realize, first of all, Jesus was crucified so that we could have peace with God. If you're in here today, some of you have heard this a million times, but 
But be patient with me because some of them, they haven't heard this before. If you're new today, Jesus was crucified so that you and I could have peace with God. What's that mean? You don't have to continue to hit the replay button over and over of the things you've done. God took the replay button away when he sent his son to earth. And Jesus died and he said, my father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. And three days later, we just sang about it. We just sang about it. The lyrics, I don't know if you caught them or not. By your spirit, I'm alive. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. The resurrected king, we just sang it, is resurrecting me. The resurrected king, I won't sing it, is resurrecting me. We make peace with God because of what he did for us. What did he do for us? He took the old self... Did you used to have a temper? Say nasty things you shouldn't say. Do things you shouldn't do. Paul did. He said, my old self has been crucified. Crucified indicates death. And it's no longer I live. It's no longer I'm not a peacemaker. It's no longer the sinful nature. It's it's Christ living in me. So we can say, I'm not a peacemaker, but Christ lives in me and he is a peacemaker. My old self was crucified. So Jesus died so that we could have peace with God. And Jesus died so that we could have peace with ourselves. Let's read that. Peace. You know how many people, you know this because you have people in your life too, that they have forgiven their parents for what happened or their kids or the other people, but they haven't forgiven themselves. How many, I can't even count, and I know, I'm sure Jim's done the same, that I've looked at somebody and said, you know the only person you haven't forgiven is you. I should have been there when my grandpa passed away, or my dad passed away, or my mom passed away. If I'd have just said something, my adult child wouldn't be living the life that they're living now. If I'd have came to Christ a long time ago instead of now, things would be different. And we hit the replay button over and over and over and over. And we just, instead of having peace with ourselves, we're at war with ourselves. We keep sabotaging our own lives because we can't come to peace. And can I tell you this? When we start valuing our opinion or mama's opinion or somebody else who don't live our lives opinion over God, you know what you call that? That's idolatry. That's good. When you start valuing your own opinion or someone else's opinion about you over God's opinion about you, that's idolatry. We have peace with ourselves because Jesus died so that we could. We have peace with ourselves because we stop turning up the volume of somebody else's voice. You know what's interesting as well? When we want to get over something, those miserable people around us sometimes, you have people around you and they want to pull you back and make you feel guilty again. Yep. You know, mom, if you'd have been there, you know, dad, if you'd have been there, you know, you missed my, you know, I don't know why you, you remember when you used to be promiscuous all the time, you remember that, 
You remember when you used to use drugs? Remember when you used to have a temper? And they pull you back to this place where you can't have peace. But what I want to encourage you with today is whose voice are you listening to? Because what we understand is, is through Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven and we can forgive and we can choose to live as God's called us to live and we can have peace with ourselves, not because we're worthy, but because he is worthy and he tells us that we can And when we let our sinful nature control our minds, we keep hitting the replay button. But when we let the Spirit control our minds, it leads to what? Life and... Life and... So when we let the sinful nature control our minds, where does it lead? Dark places and dark thoughts. God died, Jesus died, so that we could have peace with him and peace with ourselves. And finally, as we have peace with God and we have peace with ourselves, we are able to have peace with God. And that's really what Jesus is talking specifically about on the Sermon on the Mount here, is that Jesus died so that we could make peace with other people. If you think of a jug of water... And a jug of gasoline. Which one do you throw most when there's a fire of drama? Not which one is the right answer. Which one do you throw? Awkward. Because if I'm being led by the sinful nature, I'm going to pick up the jug of gas. You know those people, okay, we've all maybe been those people, where you have the opportunity to put the fire out, but it wouldn't make as big a show, wouldn't be as dramatic. So instead of throwing water, we throw gas. Jesus said, if you do that, you're following the sinful nature, and that's not making peace. But as we walk with God, I'm just teaching what... As we walk with God, we trade in the gas can for the water can. And we start being people that make peace with others. And there's three specific ways that we need to make peace with others. First of all, let's read it. Make proposals of peace. Okay? I know your kids never argue, but every once in a while mine do. And the other day they were sitting at the dinner table and they were yipping back and forth. And I finally said, I'm going to make a proposal of peace. Okay? That way you're not grounded. Stop arguing. And it's not just with parenting. In your life, we are to make proposals of peace. Now, sometimes it's not the kids that argue. Sometimes I want to argue. And that's where not only do we make proposals of peace, but we have to, we have to, to proposals of peace. I don't know how long ago it was, but my wife and I had an intense moment of communication, right? And during this intense moment of communication, I said, I just need to, I need to leave. I'll come back. 
but I need to leave. And I drove around because I wasn't, I couldn't listen. I was too frustrated. And I drove and I drove and drove until I could come back and actually, what? Sometimes we've got to make proposals and sometimes when we're not in a state where we can make them, we need to listen to them. And then, let's read this, we need to preserve peace when possible. Let's say that. Preserve peace. You know, we need to do all that we can to preserve peace. But we also need to understand that peace with God may not always bring peace with humanity. See, there is a time, I'm getting ready to say this, where we are to be peacemakers most of the time. But there are times where God calls us to be peace breakers. Jesus broke peace with society so that he could make peace for humanity. Did you catch that? Jesus broke peace with society so that he could make peace with humanity. So here's a question. How do you know if you're supposed to break peace? And how do you know when you're supposed to make peace? Here's the question you ask to decide whether you break peace or make peace. Does it honor God? The other day, Gracie came in and I was watching a game, doing something really important. And she said, you make me a sandwich. And I'm like, sis, why don't you make your sandwich? All right, I might not have said it quite that nice. I'm like, honey... Make, make your sandwich. And then I hear my wife say, Honey, make her the sandwich. Do I make peace or do I break peace? I said, Well, I don't want to make a sandwich. She said, Well, why don't you make a sandwich? So I made the sandwich. <laughs> there are times where the filter is, Does it honor God to make the sandwich? Yep. Does it honor God when your atheist teacher says there is no God, there's, and anybody that feels different, go ahead and stand up. And you filter that question, does it honor God to keep my mouth shut, or does it honor God to break peace and say something? And when you answer that question to honor God, and you say, I have to say, with respect, I have a different thought about that. There are times when we're called to break peace with society. So we can bring God's peace to humanity. Jesus was crucified so that we could make peace with God, live at peace with ourselves, and demonstrate his peace to others. There are people all around you and I that need God's peace. And here's how you may know that. I have this happen to me. I'm sure it happens to you. If you're living the, you know, living and letting your light shine, there's going to be people that are going to come up to you and say, and they don't even go to church, have no plans to go to church. It would say, hey, would you, you're kind of a, you're kind of a religious person. I can tell you're a good person. Would you pray for me? What are they saying? Would you bring peace into the situation for me by talking to God? You'd be surprised how many people who are facing surgery that all of a sudden want prayer. Because I believe there's something inside of us, whether we serve God or not, that knows there's something bigger than us. There are people all around you that need God. 
They need to know God. They need to experience God. And how are they supposed to know who God is when all you do is throw gas? When you're critical, you know the waitress at the restaurant who gets your order wrong? And this is a big pet peeve of mine. She's, she's wrong. She got your order wrong. And because she's wrong and you're right, you make a big, nasty, ugly stink about it because you're right. Being right doesn't mean we get to make war. Being right does not mean we get to make war. It's not important to be right. It's important to get along and have relationships and show mercy and grace. Because let me tell you something and tell myself something. One day I'm going to be wrong. One day you're going to be wrong. You're going to mess up. The grace you give others is the grace that you will receive. And when you're in that situation and that waitress, she botched the whole thing and she was rude. Not only did she get it wrong, she was rude. And your sinful nature and your own nature and my nature wants to pick up the gas can. I'm going to tell her. And the Holy Spirit checks you and says, don't do it. And then people at your table, you know, they go to church too. You should say something. Just go ahead and say something. And then you make proposals of peace and say, it's okay. Or maybe you want to say something and then you have to listen to somebody else's proposal of peace. Be makers of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers because their identity, who they are, how I define if they're children of God to... God or not is, according to Jesus, is to be peacemakers. I always say this, husbands and wives, if one of, and I, if one of your, one in the marriage has to lose every time, if the husband has to always win and the wife has to always lose, or the wife has to always win and the husband has to always lose, no one wins. What would it look like if you both made peace? What would it look like at work? I know I'm laboring on this point. That's fine. I'm okay with it. What would it look like at work when everybody else is talking nasty about that person who is annoying if you made peace instead of chiming in with them? What would it look like when there's chaos all around if you were the giver of peace and you started handing people water instead of gas? As we stand together this morning, I don't know, I said this earlier, every service I say this, I don't know what you need to do with that. And the truth is I say that because I don't know what you need to do with it. But the Lord does. And for the next couple of minutes, could we listen to his spirit speak to us about what it looks like? Maybe there's an apology that you need to say. Maybe there's a person that you need to write a letter to. 
Maybe there's someone in your life right now that God is calling you to speak to. But as we listen to God's spirit this morning, he wants to say something to us. Lord Jesus, speak to our hearts today. Help us to be what you've called us to be. Help us to be your children. Help us to make peace. And we thank you and we give you praise for who you are. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. So may you this week make peace with God. May you make peace with yourself. May you bring peace to others. May you be what God's called you and I to be. Next week is a big week with Good Friday and Easter. And I just encourage you to be thinking about who in your life does not have peace. And I want to share with you, and we said during the video, we want to see a lot of people here next Sunday. But not because we want a bunch of people here to say we've got a bunch of people here. But for them to encounter Jesus Christ and for, them to cha- for him to change their life. Who do you know that needs God? What if it was your invite? What if it was you stepping out and inviting them that changed their life? Lord Jesus, thank you today that we can turn the volume down on the world and we can turn the volume down, Lord, on the negativity and we can turn up your spirit in our lives. Father, I pray that you give us your peace we thank you for who you are. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you. Have a great Sunday.